Yo, and welcome to the 55th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us for the first time in a while, we have Zach, a.k.a. Senior Doom. Howdy. And joining us for uh, like the 55th time, but going to EUIC, so we had to ask him back. We have Grant, a.k.a. Boo C.K., Hello, Mello. Thanks for having me. So we have a very special episode for y'all planned today. We're going to do some predictions for what's going to happen in EUIC, who's going to do well, what's going to do well. We're going to talk a little bit about the predicted meta, and then we'll get into some questions from Twitch chat. As always, we're recording this live on twitch.tv slash Mello underscore Magikarp. Now, first, I do want to say inbox has been flooded. A bunch of you have been reaching out. Mello, how do we support the podcast? Normally, I say this at the end. I'm going to say it at the beginning real quick. You can support the podcast in a variety of ways. If you want to leave a rating, always appreciate it. If it's YouTube, leave a like, leave a comment, share it with a friend. That's a big one. That's all we ask of you. We're not sellouts. We're not going to tell you to trim your Oddish. We're not going to tell you where to go buy your cards. All you got to do, help spread it, help spread the word. That's all you got to do. And we really, really, really appreciate it. So... Let's go ahead and get into those predictions. So I sent you both some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Maybe some of the predictions that are a little obvious and some that are a little less obvious. Very first, most important one. Who do you think is going to win EUIC? If you had to pick one person, you had to put money on it in Vegas. As you know, EUIC is a very popular thing to bet on. Who do you got winning? Zach, start us off. I've got Robin coming back in and winning again. He seems like he's had two years to stew and he kind of started releasing that at the at the last european regional and now he's going to the big stage it's like i I don't i'm afraid what he's going to release what kind of kind of thing and it's just going to be some pile of like 25 other single single cards and you don't know how to beat it and he's just going to end up winning again it's one vote for rob and taking two tournaments in a row grant who you got okay so I'm glad you took Robin, so I don't have to. I don't, and I also don't want to let down uh, another friend, friend of the pod, Tord. I don't think he's going to win, unfortunately. I'm going to go with a strong favorite, but also rogue pick. I think Sander is going to win. I think he's had enough time to tweak the deck list. The meta really hasn't changed that much. Um, you know, top eight at Liverpool, and I think he's going to bring it down. All right, so we have two European picks. Which I guess makes sense, because literally no one got in the tournament except Europeans, it seems like. I'm not winning. <laughs> I, I was going to say you can't pick yourself, and then I kind of remembered like you would never pick yourself. <laughs> My pick? I'm going to go outside of Europe. I was thinking about going into Europe. Shout out to Pedro. I love you, Pedro. But... My pick is going to go down to someone who actually didn't do well at their regional of Sao Paulo. I'm going to say Gustavo Wada takes this one. After... They did not do well in Sao Paulo. I think that there's going to be something, a chip on his shoulder that he is ready. He is consistently someone who brings a very good deck and adds a little bit of spice to it. And I can see whatever he brings doing incredibly well. And he's someone who's had IC success before as well. I think a lot of people who started in the pandemic may not have heard that name before or may not be super familiar, but uh, Anyone who's played back in IRL, you see that name at the top tables and the top eight of various ICs, you know, day twoing worlds super easily all the time. So my pick is going to be Gustavo Wada beating Pedro Torres 
in oh. the finals. That's that's a good one. I'm excited to see what he's playing because uh, I remember hearing he, he had a control deck and he didn't release it because he said he could still fix it. But um, yeah, he's really good. I'm excited to see what he's playing. You 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 could check out my Twitter to find out. I'll go boots on the <laughs> ground and find out exactly what he's playing. What is that Twitter if we want any UIC updates? At real boo ck one word. Ah, oh, yeah, spelled book. Book, pronounced book. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all got three different people winning, which is good. It would have been incredibly boring if we all said Tord. What decks do you have in the finals? Now, you can even go against, even though like Boo picks Sander, you could say maybe it's not going to be control. But what two decks do you predict to be facing off together in the finals? I'd have to say Dark Horse, come out of nowhere, Whimsicott, V Star. Okay. It's if it, someone runs hot, they're just going to bring it in and it's going to get to the finals and then lose. <laughs> okay, so Winsicott's <laughs> getting second. <laughs> I would I would assume an R, uh, probably an RCS Inteleon deck is going getting in to the finals. It's way too consistent. It runs well. A great player is going to take it far, and I would assume that's where it's going. Unless they run into a lot of rogue random bear decks and didn't bring Dunsparce. Oh, you got to bring the Dunsparce. So we'll get into that in the meta stuff. But for anyone listening to this, bring Arceus. Unless you're playing Duraludon, please bring your Dunsparce. Exactly. So yeah, you I have Robin winning, and then you have Arceus and Teleon over Whimsicott. Yes. <laughs> of all picks. Oh, my gosh. Oh my Grant, what about hey. you? <laughs> There's going to be too much Dunsparce, I think. Um, and if not, you know, if you're they're they're probably playing Arceus with like a fighting tech in it and... So that matchup gets messy. Um, if I was going to go Dark Horse as well, I'd throw the Lucario V-Star in Arceus. Been messing around with that today and having some fun. Um, I don't know if it's refined enough for me to play it, but I think somebody might might have been knowing it's coming and being available. Um, you know, it hits the good matchups, and then you could also still play it with uh, Galarian Moltres to handle the Mew. Uh, I don't know how well it faces against Malamar. I'm planning on playing a lot against Malamar, so yeah, I'm thinking about the Cobat VMAX, but um, I guess I'll, I'll say a Galarian Moltres is in in the winning deck. Big or little? Little. Little one. I think that's the safest. Rogue. You know, Arceus or Mew, and then other than that, Galarian Moltres. Wait, so you're literally... Picking the winning deck will have a Moltres in it, whether it's Arceus or Mew. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> I don't think we're I'll ready be, for that I'll, technology. <laughs> I'll be that bold. So this goes back to my early thing where I mentioned this is the one podcast that hasn't sold out. I'm going to tell it to you like it is. The finals is going to be what we're all hoping for, what we all know it's going to be. A Mew mirror match in the finals viewership on the pokemon tcg twitch page will plummet by thousands as soon as the finals start but we're gonna see a mew mirror in the finals baby with or without moltres i'm not going that far here's the weird thing about talking about viewership plummeting when i had a mew mirror match in my finals i actually had the highest highest <laughs> view of my own tournament i was like what the hell's wrong with people people want to see that it's like watching yankees versus uh red sox you hate both teams, but you're still going to watch it. As much as we I meme guess. on Mew, it's actually a very fun deck. Once you get past the 20-minute turn one, 
there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that deck oh when do i psychic leap when don't i my favorite uh game from our last tournament at tabletop village was mali v not mali v max mali rapid strike mali against mew and it was just so interesting like every single interaction is the mew player going to leap here are they not going to leap here like it seems really good do they trust it do they think the mali player is going to get eight and the mali player sequence properly to get there it's it's kind of a cool deck and i i feel dirty saying that it's also a really good deck to watch and see like you're talking about the sequencing you can kind of watch and see i, I hate to say it. it's like you see how good of a player it is with it but you can kind of see how good of a player really is with mew like do where do they leap how do they set things up how do they go through after that initial turn one everyone knows how to do the turn one it's what you do afterwards with it that's when it becomes magical next question on and you both actually kind of already went to this one so maybe i shouldn't have sent these to you maybe you were thinking about it but what is going to be the highest placing v star that isn't arceus Oh, you already know my answer. <laughs> I guess you, you know mine as well. So we have Whimsicott from Zach. We have Lucario from Grant. Yep. And I'm going to go a little off the rails with this one. I, I highly consider Whimsicott. I hate that deck with a passion. I think that deck sucks, but I keep winning with it. So it's actually a yeah. very good choice. But I think we're going to see a Leafeon V-Star in some janky deck that no one should play but it's going to find its way into top 16 some like sylveon type just pile of terribleness that has a leafeon in it that's it just seems like the type of tournament where that's going to happen and it's never going to see success again i think the better trash card would be the shaman uh we've seen sack streaming with it every day and he's <laughs> had decent success with it um i mean i guess you can pair anything with arceus and it's gonna be all right but um, yeah i mean charizard becomes viable with arceus <laughs> yeah this could be the tournament we finally gonna... see it you yeah. see charizard online top cutting occasionally this could be the one where one makes day two it's an expensive deck i like Very shaman deck. i think shaman v star is underexplored right now yeah like, originally, I thought it sucked, and I was like, Sack, why would you ever play this? You know, like, what numbers does it hit? And with two prizes left, it hits 280. It's like, oh, that's like a really good number to hit. <laughs> so I definitely think, you know, easily Raihanable, easily attach with Arceusable. Like, it's not good, but also, I don't think it's bad. A two prize with, like, an Oko anything can't be that bad. Next question. You already know my answer to this one. What is the highest placing Mew going to be? So I'm saying first. I think Mew Mirror in finals. First and second. And heck, all of top eight. Uh, the, 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 like, what I would like to see is like Mew maybe t as close as it gets is top 32. <laughs> just, just to like blow the whole perception of it away and everything like that. I at least think it's guaranteed a top eight. So you have at least one in top eight. It's weird we're we're talking about it and, and like listening to other people talk about it. Like, is it at the point where it's kind of overlooked as a deck now? Like it was always like how you have to be able to beat Mew, and now it's like, well, now you really have to beat Arceus. And then Mew might be the second thought because you can plant Marnie Judge, you know, mm -hmm. and splash in Glare and Moltres. So I'd say I'd say top four. 
I'd say a top four. So I don't go, think it, I don't think it wins or makes finals. To go off of that, uh, Benji Fam, who was going to EUIC, a very very good player out of EU, put a poll on Twitter. They got 375 votes, so a pretty decent sample size. And it said, "What is the deck to beat at EUIC? Mew or Arceus and Teleon?" 50.4% of voters said Mew, 49.6% said Arceus and Teleon. So it's super interesting that Mew is, doesn't seem to be as strong of a got a target on its back, even though everyone wants the baby Moltres. Everyone's going to play multiple path to the peak. You know, you're going to play some way to beat Mew for sure. I'm personally a beat Arceus over Mew. Like if you can only yeah. beat one, you're going to lose. You should need to beat both. Mm -hmm. But if you're only going to beat one, beat Arceus instead of Mew. That's fair. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think, and I commented this on the tweet too. I think there's going to be more Arceus than Mew. Uh, Arcanine Labs put out an article published by Christopher Shemansky where he went over the numbers at every single regional for every meta because Arcanine gets all that data. And Mew has been seeing less and less play. Now, when I say less, I mean it went from what, like 45% of the meta down to like 40, down to like 38. So it's still that massive numbers. <laughs> it ended up in the high 20s or low 30s at the last regional still, but it's seeing less and less play and Arceus is starting to sneak up there more and more and more. And I think you're going to play more Arceus than Muse on average if you're going to EYC and probably if you're going to Indy as well, honestly. That's a little ways down the road, right? No? Two weeks? Yeah, it's not. It's That's two weeks from now. It's coming up very quickly. Do you want my rant about Vancouver right now? One more question. Okay. This, <laughs> and this was Zach's, but you heard it anyway, Grant, so you can come up with it. What is going to be the highest placing Arceus variant? Bidoof engine, Inteleon engine, or something else? I'm going to say... I think the Inteleon engine, but I am way less confident in that statement than I would have been a week ago. A week ago, I would have said Inteleon 100% Bidoof sucks, or B-Barrel. But playing with the Bidoof engine more, especially with the Lycanroc and the Crobat VMAX that Azul recently did well with, I don't think I would be super shocked to see a B-Barrel engine as the top. And we did see a B-Barrel engine win Salt Lake City. So it's not like it's unheard of for one to do well. So I am going to say Inteleon, but I'm not 100% sold that that is an obvious choice. I think, yeah, Inteleon's probably the right answer just from knowing the people that are going to be playing it are skilled enough to, to play that. But uh, I'm like you, um, really enjoying B-Burl Engine. I think it's... Um, it's just great to draw cards and, and play and just churn through the deck and uh, playing four altar ball, four quick ball. Mm -hmm. um, and I, if I'm playing an Arceus deck, it will be with that, uh, partially because I'm a slow, generally slow player. Like I play Duraludon because it's just easy to pick up and play and not have to worry about time and thinking through a bunch of things. And um, so I'd be, I'd be curious to see how many people play Intellion and just run, run out of time so many decisions to make so much shuffling uh and i think the b-roll engine's just it's so solid it, or it could be a combination as well you splash a one one line in with the intellions just actually really sweet 
Mm-hmm. But I'll go Bibrol. Or now I'll go Inteleon, but I'm gonna personally favor Bibrol. I'd like to see like a Duraludon build come come out of nowhere. It feels it feels pretty good and it seems to set up, but then when it donks, it donks hard. And you just you just don't win. The reason I'm not gonna play it is is because I'm still scared of like Malamar, you kinda get bullied by Galarian Moltres. I think your Mew matchup's fine now, but um, if they play enough basic energies, Arceus can kind of play around you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Duraludon's a cool one. I've heard some people whose opinions I respect talk pretty highly of it recently. And highly is sometimes just like, it's playable. <laughs> like that's For Arceus, Duraludon to be called playable is kind of a big compliment. I mm-hmm. don't think I'd be shocked to see one do well, but also... Like you said, Zach, it's just like a potato. Like sometimes you're just like you draw hot and you're like, well, okay, cool. I don't have to do anything because I set up. And sometimes you look at your hand, you're like, uh, pass (laughs) and you lose. Yeah. Hopefully by turn three, you got two Duraludon on VMAX all powered up. Arceus is hit into a whole bunch of stuff and you don't need to do anything else. except keep saying attack, attack, attack and just go through. Yeah, That's, that's the dream. I played at my team challenge and I won it. And they like one of my opponents, like, do you always set up like this? Like, I wish. <laughs> it's like, it's like turn, uh, going second, turn two mustard accelerator, tur- uh, next turn mustard again. It's like, mm-hmm. if I could do this every time, this would be the best deck. But it's just, that was such a run hot tournament. It doesn't work that way. So, Grant, you had a rant. Just let's all get a little dumber. Let's listen. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a rant, but I, I'm just concerned right now at this point about the Vancouver regional being a thing. Um, we're five weeks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two regionals, one uh, European Bremen's already uh, on RK9. Um, Sakakis already sold out. That's a week before Vancouver. And those are, you know, set up and sold. We don't know who's even... The organizer for Vancouver? I would assume uh, Mr. Raichu, who does Portland regionals. Who, uh, that's my assumption. Has not done any regional this year, obviously. Well, that was the only one that didn't have one listed when they first listed all the organizers. Still, as of this week, I, I asked uh, Will Post. He had heard nothing about it. And if you look on the Vancouver Convention Center website, there is no event for Pokemon listed on there. There's plenty of other events uh, before and after. So it's, it just seems concerning the lack of information at this point. Who even knows the, the size? Uh, and I and I feel bad because this is the one I really want to go to, just given, uh, you know, the destination. It's it's on the bay there. It looks really sweet. And Oh, um, it's gorgeous there. I love yeah. it. If you, anyone listening who's never been to Vancouver and wants to play Pokemon, if Vancouver Regionals happens, I'm a little more optimistic than Boo. Hundred yeah, percent. It's gorgeous. Spend the whole weekend there, Mary. and you will love it. We've talked about going early and and checking out the city too. So I'll be there Friday. Let's say morning, but probably afternoon. Yeah. So that's it's not really a rant. I just I'd like to hear something about if I, you know if I was going to rant, it'd be about dropping CP so I can get cards <laughs> at Worlds instead of poking. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'd like to hear something soon because, you know, now I'm going to be in Germany for a week and then, um, it's just constantly travel after that in Indianapolis and all of that. We'd like to just get this thing booked and 
plan a, a cool vacation. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. It feels like one of those things where A, it would have been canceled already, and B, just like the experience I've had with the person, people who I'm pretty sure are organizing it, them being late isn't like super surprising. <laughs> so it's fine. Like they always run a very good tournament, but also uh, I think registering for Portland wasn't like that early compared to everywhere else either. It's just like that's not their main concern usually, which is very sketchy right now. Yeah. And who knows what the, the size and all that you know will be um it looks like that's the only that's the fr it's a free space at that time so not worrying about getting the the biggest uh convention hall in there and there's no way it sells out just you have to travel out of the country which is going to be automatically people aren't going to want to do that like toronto regional is always one of the lowest even though toronto's relatively cheap to fly to vancouver is not cheap to fly to no and that's a other big one it's got to go out of the country which going to canada requires you to actually do stuff or coming back. One of those two. Either going to Canada or coming back requires you to actually like do stuff that you wouldn't normally have to do. Costs a little bit more money. And for a lot of people, it's very inaccessible. Being as far away from the Midwest as you can get. You know, the people who never driven more than four hours to a regional because they can drive to seven regionals in less than 30 minutes. Yeah, and it's directly uh, a week after another regional that's on the complete opposite side of the country. And that's a lot for anyone who's not like a college student with no exams <laughs> to be like, all right, I'm going to go on East Coast time for a weekend, come back, work full time. And then I'm going to go on West Coast time for a weekend and then come back and work full time. That sounds I can't do it. Sounds amazing. That's <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about the predicted meta a little bit. So I think the most popular deck is going to be Arceus, period regardless of build and Mew in terms of any specifics. Do either of you disagree on any of those points? No, it just seems where the way everything is trending and the way everyone's playing. It's like, those are your two tier one decks. If you want to win in some way, that's what you go with. And by tier one deck, I'm not saying all Arceus decks are tier one, but he Arceus is in those tier one decks that are doing well. So just if you lump them all together, just put them all in tier one. Grant, what do you say? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think we're going to see an uptick of, you know, fighting with Arceus. And I think probably the best partner is Urshifu, uh, Rapid Strike. Uh, you were playing a little bit earlier on stream. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, it's a really neat deck either way. And it's it's just tough to play against. But I think everyone should be ha playing a Dunsparce if they're not playing fighting. Um, yeah, Mew's going to be the largest individual deck uh and then i've you know been playing and my prep has just been i need to have a solid matchup against mew and i want to beat rapid strike malamar because i think there's going to be a, a handful of those a good chunk at least versus um like salt lake there were none um and then i'll just take my chances in the arceus mirror you know dunsparce to handle the fighting stuff and just outplay them hopefully See, I would text so hard for the mirror. And in fact, I put out on my YouTube channel what my number one list for EUIC would have been. A quick update on that. One card change the more I think about the meta, and that would be a way to recycle my Dunsparce. I'm not okay. going, so I haven't put thought into whether it would be Rescue Carrier, Rod, or Clara. Carrier has the added benefit of I can get back Sobbles and Drizziles, which is really good. 
Clara has the benefit of you can use Palpad, and Rod has the benefit of you can shuffle the energy back in and accelerate them back out with your Arceus. So I don't know which one's better, but I would 100% add a way to get back the Dunsparce going I'm to UIC. With you. I've been, I'm, I'm playing, playing these decks these days. I've been just saying, how can I get... I need some sort of Pokemon uh, recovery. Yeah, I find the decks I'm doing some of the best with. I have some sort of recovery in some way, or some way to accelerate back out of the discard pile. Again, those resources back has just been too too good. Pal, I'm playing way more. Uh, what is it? Not Palpad. Yeah, Palpad, or whatever it is. Put my supporters back. Playing a lot of Rod. Playing Rescue Carriers. It's like all the decks I'm doing really well with. Those those cards are in there. Palpad's grown yeah. on me a lot. Originally going into Salt Lake City, it was like, oh, you. People are playing Palpad and Arceus and Teleon. I tried it and I'm like, this card sucks. Why would you ever play this? And now the meta's developed, it's like, oh, I can Sharon's care three to four times in a game. I can boss three to four times in a game. That's why we play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Palpad, I've been sold on Palpad. You don't use it all the time, but when you do use it, it's literally a game-winning card. So I'm I'm a fan in Inteleon versions. What about Zach? We've ignored Mali so far. Grant said Mali's the number three deck. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you need to know how to play against Mali. A good Mali player is just going to run you over. Are you teching I've... for Mali, or are you just knowing the matchup? If you know the matchup, know the matchup. You don't need a tech for it. You, either either your deck beats it, and you know how how to do it, or otherwise Mali kind of runs you over. Which so, actually, I was thinking about Mali in general. There is Jolteon is in the back of my mind, and so is Rapid Strike Urshifu, and those things are just so devastating to you. I kind of almost want to put a Manaphy in, just because someone might sneak through with that. But at the same time, it's like, uh, do I really? Jolteon's such an interesting one, because uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu, I think 100%. I would be shocked if there's not very good players playing Rapid Strike Urshifu there. But that said, that's why I want the Dunsparce recovery as opposed to the Manaphy. The Manaphy would be very nice. The Dunsparce can get Yoga Loop. That's why you play two big charms for anyone winning the Arceus and Teleon versus uh, Urshifu matchup. You have to charm the Dunsparce. Ridiculously important or else you get Yoga Looped and lose. And then you net it after they ping it. Put the second big charm on it. That's where your charms go. They don't go on your Arceuses in that matchup. That way you can't get Yoga Looped. And from there, you should win the game. Keyword should. You have to also play very well, which is hard. So that's actually an interesting thing bringing up about the charm, like the second charm. Like, I see a lot of players who instinctively put it on the Arceus and don't think about ever putting it on their Dunsparces or anything like that. That extra, that extra damn, that extra health sometimes is crucial. Like, it just makes it so much more difficult for the other player to do something. Yeah, I wonder if the mindset is like going in, like, you don't realize that the Dunsparce protects you from the weakness. Uh, so you're like, big charm, okay, they can't Oko me. Like, so then I'll right. share cares. Like, no, that's not the game plan for it. <laughs> the Dunsparce saves you. Yes, the Dunsparce is like the best card in that matchup. Like, it's it doesn't win you the matchup at all. You still have to play smart. You have to play around the Yoga Loop, blah, blah, blah. But gosh, it gives you such a good chance. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, Mally, I agree 100% with Zach. I would not tech for Mally. I hate Avery in these decks and i know people are playing it and i've seen them do well and maybe it's fine but the amount of times where i've been like uh i guess i'm gonna avery except my opponent's gonna get rid of their damage thing on the bench or get rid of their crowbat and it feels so bad and it's just like what if this was just a marnie instead and i can see more cards and they don't get rid of their other cards off the bench 
there's very few decks that need to use Avery right now. Maybe like a control Whimsicott kind of thing. Like you could use that. But outside of that, like that, maybe Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that should be using it. Yeah. If I were playing Arceus Duraladon, I would play it. That'd be one that it helps the Mali matchup and you play Poke Gear, so you rarely have to Avery. And even if your opponent cleans something up, you probably don't care usually, because you're just like, I don't know. I just have to draw cards. Or you don't play it because you don't have to draw cards because you're already set up. So that'd be another yeah. one that's like, sure, that's fine. But also your deck is a potato, so playing Avery feels really bad. <laughs> you could play something like Caitlyn. I wouldn't mind that. So the other decks, uh, <laughs> Rapistrike Urshi, Jolteon. Are there any other decks that you think are necessary to tech for? If you're going to EUIC, or is it really just know the Arceus matchup, all of them, know the Rapistrike matchup, know the Mew matchup, and you're probably fine. Grant, start us off. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, what's what else is there? The Arceus birds it basically falls in line with what we talked about. What else is a like a meta-sized deck? I I haven't I haven't planned for anything other than what we've talked about. So if there is something out there, then. You know, I'll, I'll take my loss or or just try and. Um, Alorex, what uh, Calyrex and okay. on maybe? <laughs> oh, Ice Rider, not Shadow Rider. Yeah, Ice Rider. Okay. Oh, that's fine. But then again, like, how many people are running it? Like, uh, probably not one person. Lee one person. is Lee going? Yeah. <laughs> Lee, like, I'm trying to even look. Maybe someone can come in with a Durant, but Durant's not actually that good. Inteleon, Inteleon, maybe, but again. I could see that. I remember that watching one. Grant Manley on stream. Check out twitch.tv slash jerkroar. He's a, he's a very good player. It's good to watch. But very, he, very. he tweets out a hype tweet before about, I'm going to break Inteleon. This thing's cracked. Stream starts off. He's so hype. This deck is insane. And then he plays a few games with it. He's like, this deck sucks. Who plays yeah. this trash? I, it, that, de that deck broke me so fast last meta. And like I see people keep coming back with it. And I'm like, no. No, it back. it's so bad. It shouldn't be bad, though. That's the thing. It should be good. It's the deck that you have to play the game, because if you theory it, the deck is insane. It's so good if you just think about it. But if you play it, ugh. Yeah, if you remember, like the day the day the set dropped, I was playing it because I was like, OK, choice belt. Now you can two shot things. It's this is a really good deck now. Like after that day, it's, it's, no, it's just no. Yeah, it's, it's like Gengar too right now. It's like it feels like it could be good. It can hit the numbers, but it's just all right, if uh, Arceus Raladon is a potato, Gengar's a field of potatoes. <laughs> Shout out because I know that they listen to the podcast, but the multiple Gengars I played outside of I did play Drew Bennett Kennett who bodied me on the winning end, so that's unfortunate. But the Gengars I played in day one. They were having a rough time. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, oh, they bricked one of the best of three games. They both bricked both. Like, I went 4-0 against Gengar, and they never got to play the game. It was, it was nice to watch. I'm, I was going to say painful, but honestly, I'm, I'm rooting for myself. <laughs> yeah. If, if, it was, if it was a different format that was a little bit slower, Gengar could be way more viable. But it just, it just doesn't have the speed. It doesn't have the speed or the bench to do what it needs to. Yeah, I I will see. I see one doing well. I could see one cop cutting. I could see mm. several in top sixteen potentially. 
And I could also nope. see a world where none of them come anywhere close to anything but the bottom of day two. <laughs> yeah. There's one who gets in. He All he played was Mew the whole way through, always got the attacks, and then he runs into Arceus Bird Box and then loses in top 16. I do have to say, though, there is something for anyone listening to this who's like, oh, I was going to play Gengar, and I've been playing it a lot. One of the biggest benefits of Gengar is... A, it's a deck you still can make plays and maneuver with. Arceus Duraludon's super linear, so you're kind of like punch, 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 punch. Gengar's got some stuff. You don't VMAX. You can play backup attackers. Uh, again, we're going to go back to Salt Lake City. I sat next to Cal Connor, uh, local. Shout out to Cal. And we sit down for our game. About 10 minutes in, he's signing, taking the match slip up and ready to go. And I look at him. It's like, bro, what? He's like, Muse free. And just that ability to sit down against someone yeah. And be able, and you can lose to Mew for sure, but the ability to sit down in a matchup and not only win with minimal effort, but potentially just win fast is very good because these mm. days are very long. And if you get almost a buy, maybe a couple times, it's actually really nice. So for anyone who wants to play Gengar, there are appeals to playing Gengar. And I think that's one of them. It's just you're going to hit some very good matchups where you win the coin flip against Mew. You're fine. Because I had to play the whole 50 minutes and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on the meta moving forward? I'd be shocked to see something new come out. Uh, I'd, I'd appreciate it. I'd enjoy that. Um, I think the most creative thing that'll be, like I said, Lucario V-Star looks potentially interesting. Uh, I will, I will eat one of the spice. One, I'll do one of those one chip challenges if a Raquaza makes top sixteen. Oh, that's I will say that now. <laughs> if a Raquaza comes out of nowhere and makes top sixteen, I will do a one chip challenge. There's a world where that happens too. I know, and that's why I'm willing to take this bet. <laughs> All right, so everyone root for Jose Marrero. Because from what I've heard, that's the only deck he plays. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are y'all ready to get some questions from Twitch chat? Sure. Awesome. Question number one. Blaine asks, why should I play four Manaphy in every deck? So are you bringing your Manaphys if you're going? Yes, bring all four because you love Manaphy and the art's very beautiful. You can always put it down and say, look, my pretty art. And then lose next turn, but at least you feel good about yourself artistically. So for anyone who can't pick up on sarcasm, I'm pretty sure that means don't play Manaphy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have one sleeved up, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just, I'll, I'll take the L's to Jolteon. If Jol, it sounds like, I mean, Jolteon could just be super prevalent. and I don't know, whatever. Jol Jolteon, is, it's... It's just so bad against Mew. It's Path, Marnie, and Prey a lot of times. And even and then, doing 100 damage means they get a few turns. Yeah. It's... If, if you're a gambler, bring Jolteon. If you, if you feel like gambling away. My you biggest complaint with Jolteon, and the reason I wouldn't tech for it, is the bottom left corner of Jolteon, the weakness symbol, is the same as Arceus. And you don't have Dunsparce, and you're worth one extra prize. And so those reasons are why I wouldn't touch it. I was testing Arceus Lycanroc, and I'm like, bro, the Lycanroc Oko's Arceus's, this deck's broken, I win the mirror every time, and I hit two Jolteons in a row on ladder, and it was like, oh, this is also really free. 
And just having that extra casualty of having the same weakness as the BDIF is, it's not worth it. So don't tech your mana fees. Unless Suicune players, Ludicolo plus mana fee, KOs a Rapid Strike Malamar. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I think Suicune's very good. I think if you have not been playing Suicune all format, I would not recommend touching it, though. No. Suicune is a very finesse deck. You have to play it very well. And unlike Mew, where you can play it poorly and still win games because of the power level, Suicune's not that powerful. <laughs> you have to play it very well to do well. Mighty Enna asks, if you could go anywhere on the Magic School Bus, where would you go? Mm. That's, a, that's a tough to, one. To EUIC, because I don't have a ticket there. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, registration sold out. Jokes on you, I registered anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the bottom of the ocean, for sure. Maybe not the bottom, but like deep into the ocean. And if you don't know, those of you who actually I had a jacket on like the whole SLC, but I do have a full aquat or three quarters aquatic sleeve. I love fishies. They're so cute. Hence the magic harp. Yeah. Grand. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh Mexico. <laughs> it's been I, I used to go every year like once or twice a year are you, gonna re, are you gonna reenact the simpsons and take take all the kids down to tijuana mexico <laughs> no 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 we're looking at beaches beach mexico not tijuana although there are some i guess but yeah mr darth bean asks what will be the best fighting attacker paired with arceus that's another one we could have asked. What's going to be the highest placing fighting attacker with an Arceus deck? Well, I think I've sold myself on playing Lucario at this point. <laughs> you, know, you convinced I, yourself. Whatever. whatever. I, I feel like the Lucario makes more sense because like, if you do the Zapdos, a lot of Arceus decks, you, you play the path, so you do your Starbirth once, and then, okay, I don't have anything else left over. What do I need this again? And Lucario is not dependent on its ability like Larian Zapdos is. And you can power it up with, like, you know, Raihan, too. It's it's easy because it's a fighting double colorless. And so you can go in. If you play a Scrapper, um, you can Oko an Arceus if they have a charm. Um, with a with a belt, belt ping, Scrapper. <laughs> easy combo to pull off, trust me. It also gives vibes of Lycanroc GX with its V-Star attack that, in some matchups, is, like, mediocre, right? Your opponent can play around it. But in some matchups, is literally just an Oko button. So yeah. if you're playing yeah. it with Arceus, and you don't have to Starbirth, which, believe it or not, happens a lot. And sometimes your opponent plays Path, you can't bump it, and so you don't have a choice. It is literally just an Oko button, even without weakness, against every Arceus deck. A very bad Mew player, which does exist, because <laughs> they can't just vomit all their Fusion Strike energies on the field. So... I'm not sold on it, but also I don't think I'd be shocked if that like uh, Lucario's correct. I'm Team Lycanroc right now. Actually, that's I'm, not true. I'm, I'm Team Urshifu if I'm going to actually put money on yeah. this. I think Urshifu's. Yeah. I like I like Lycanroc. It's a good dog. You know, like Sandaconda. <laughs> I think Sandaconda's bad Lycanroc. And like yeah, right. the benefit of it. So back when there was a Mew meta, right? Sandaconda V having essentially 250 HP was huge because you didn't get Meloetta O-code. But mm -hmm. now that Mew is 
we're still in a mu meta, but there's a difference between mu being like 45% of the field and being 30% of the field. You can play the squishier V that then has a significantly better attack, which is 10 more damage, which doesn't sound like much, but uh, KO's a Genesect when uh, the other one doesn't. And has the 30 snipe that can help to set up stuff potentially too. And the first attack, just saying, oh, that's a cool Sobble on your bench, knockout. That's a cool Dunsparce on your bench, knockout. So yeah, I'm, I like Lycanroc. I don't want to sell myself too much on it because it's actually quite mediocre, but I think it's very well, good. Um, I have to get to ones we haven't actually answered already. Gassy asked, favorite thing to do when you feel like the format's gone on too long or you're getting bored of it? Flip coins. That's all. Every <laughs> deck becomes a coin flip deck. I'm going to put my hands and my, 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 my deck, my winning percentage, everything into the hands of the, those coins and see how it goes. Crushing Hammer becomes an entirely big joke. Everyone gets really mad at you and you sit there and just laugh about it. Is every you go seven for eight against someone and in, in two games and they go why 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 and you just laugh. Grant, I like to get creative, you know, build weird decks or you know, but I don't think at least in this format. Um, well, like Mewtwo and Mew GX was great for it because you could just kind of pick a color and try and make it work uh this you know arc is sort of the same thing but like with the big bad being mew um you know it's really easy just to make the new deck it's like all right well just put in clara some dark and a galarian baby galarian moltres mm. okay problem solved now where's where's the creativity there really isn't much in it it's like all right well uh inteleon or Bibrel. all right so i don't know this this time it's at least like it's not i don't think it's stale at this point but um yeah normally it's just get to creative deck building and i'm the wrong person to ask because when irl exists i don't get bored i will play the same deck all format no matter what the format is or i'll change it whatever but i'm happy to play the same deck the entire format as long as i get to compete and it matters i'm all in ptcgo what do i do when we were in the pandemic or there is no irl uh go back to old formats is usually pretty fun that's my like, oh, let's just play some 2017 NAIC or something like that. Pokey Gamer asks, will people counter Mew or Arceus? So which one do you think is going to have more counter or more hate? Mew. Mew. I think I, th I think just because the dark decks are so much easier to build like and be able to like flip the game. Whereas in RCS, at least has the Dunsparce, and so you're like, oh hey, I got a fighting type, and they put the Dunsparce down. You're like, oh great, now what? What good was my fighting my fighting type? I think people are going to counter Mew more, but people are going to say they're going to counter Arceus. If that makes sense, like I think people are going to say, oh, I'm going to counter Arceus with like this one card tech or like some very subtle things, and they're going to say I'm going to beat Mew by playing three Path to the Peak and a Judge. And, you know, it's like, well, that's like a gigantic six-card package for the Mew matchup, and you're playing a single card for the Arceus matchup. So I think people are actually teching for Mew, even when they say, oh, I'm also going to tech for Arceus. Also, no one likes losing to Mew. Well, yeah, and teching for Arceus is tougher. Like, so, what is it? 
<laughs> Tell me, somebody. Lorraine's <laughs> uh, Zapdos and a fighting energy. Lucario, the star, and a big charm. Oh, you yeah, don't even need the big charm in that matchup. No, no, Scrapper, uh, Belt, and Goon. 20 bucks and a wink as you slide across the table. <laughs> 20 euro. Stellar Wish asks, what is the most versatile condiment and why is it ketchup? I'm going to say immediately yeah. it's not ketchup and you two are off the podcast if you say it's ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup's no, fine. I was going to say Stellar Wish is banned now. And <laughs> that's it. Catch, you know what ketchup is used for? To, to just take up space in your refrigerator. That's about it. That is what it does, yes. It has versatility. I mean, as a condiment, it goes into like a, I don't know what regionally it's called, but like fry sauce type deal. Big okay, sauce. you you have to take like that barbecue sauce. It's it's a it's a component of other things, but as a as a condiment itself, it's not versatile. Right. It's fine. Like I'm never so, upset if I have to have ketchup on like fries, but I'd much rather have mustard. fry sauce. Fry sauce yeah. is also good. I'm team mustard, not yellow mustard, but like. It's the most versatile. Oh no, it's a condiment. mustard. Oh, hundred percent. No, mustard's so versatile. Well, versatile. I, I just had chili for dinner earlier, and I put mustard in that. That's so yeah. good. Well, I think the most versatile. If we're just you know thinking about it rationally here, it's mayonnaise. I mean, <laughs> I you're like technically right, but also because like one of my arguments was going to be mustard helps to make potato salad, which is delicious, but also. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I know. That's the, you just <laughs> nullified my whole argument. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge mayonnaise fan. Uh, I'd be, I'm a ranch boy, but um, I'm coming around to it. I, I would actually have to change my vote to sriracha. That just goes on everything. Isn't that the Frank's Red Hot slogan? Just goes on everything, yeah. yeah. Shout out no, to Frank's Red Hot if you're listening and you want to sponsor the podcast. We will not sell out. Except for hot sauce or dragon Frank? shields or yeah. I will hot, if if Frank's hot Frank's sponsors the stream, I will do an ASMR stream of me eating eating chicken wings with Frank's on it. You know what? Uh, <laughs> you guys are close enough to it in Oregon's uh, secret Aardvark. Oh, that is actually good. Phenomenal for any you know, as a hot sauce to put on anything. Next question. Let's have a slightly controversial one. Okay. Zeta TV asks, who do you think, and they say the top three players in each region. Let's go and throw out the top player in each region. EU, LA, Latin America, NA, and Oceania. Who would you say is the top player in each of those regions? I can right start. Now? Yeah. NA right now. is Azul. Because Azul plays. <laughs> like, there's a lot of good yeah. players, but Azul plays more than all of them. So for me, he'd be the number one. EU, I think it's Tord. And I think Tord kind of follows in that same vein for me, is I think he plays more than just about everyone else. Ladam, I picked him to win EUIC. I'm going to pick Gustavo Wada. And Oceania, you can't bet against Natalie. She won the last regional. We had her on the podcast. And I don't think any guest has ever convinced me harder of anything than Mew being the BDIF when Natalie was talking about it. So those are my four. Zach, who you got? Uh, since I can't put myself on all top four, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, I definitely agree with Azul in North America. I would also put uh, Grant Manley up there. Uh, I've watched part of it is also because I just watch both of them, and it's like watching an art form. Um, EU, I, I, I would have to agree. I give it to Tord right now, but I would. I'm on the Robin Simp train lately. I, th- I think he's gonna come come somewhere out of nowhere. Like this is a man who's bided bided his time, and then something's gonna happen. I don't follow most Latin Americans, so I, I'm just gonna agree with Gustavo and uh, Australia. Um, again, I I would have to go with Natalie. Grant. Yeah, Azul's pretty easy to pick, and you know, just playing every day makes like playing not just playing every day, but playing for long hours every day. Um, I'll I'll give a shout out to Robin for you know he won the last regional, so until he's dethroned. Um, Natalie, obviously, I love Henry, but Natalie's just unstoppable. And I'll give a shout out to um, to Vinny, Ladam. He's gonna be really scary. Yeah, <laughs> he's there was a, a lot. There was really a while good. where I was like, Kaya is the best senior, and I still think Kaya is the best senior. But Vinny is very quickly like, uh, I could see Vinny surpassing Kaya for sure. They are both incredibly good players, and I don't want to play against either of them, even though they're in age division lower. <laughs> yeah. Blitz TCG asked, Mew seems to have supervillain energy in this format. Speaking of which, what format had the most oppressive supervillain deck? So let's stick with ones that we have personally played, because we do have Alex and James on to talk about all the retro stuff, and Mm -hmm. they know more than I do. They're going to say something wrong. So what is the most supervillain, like the most targeted, most hated deck in any format that you have played? Zorark uh gx for me that just everyone it was everywhere it was good it was consistent because i mean you know discard good two discard good two i got so tired of hearing trade to the point that i i had to play it myself and i felt like a super villain playing it our locals too especially shout out to the washington locals but yeah only zoroark like ever malamar was unplayable in a lot of those formats because everyone was on and the good players that, are on it too that was the problem that's why i laughed when i won multiple cups with malamar over zorark and that's when i started to realize oh wait maybe i'm actually getting better at this game <laughs> either that or our competition was worse i wasn't sure also possible <laughs> grant what about you well I'd, I'd like to say yeah like something like malamar because whenever i played against it it is one of those decks that ran flawlessly and then when i play it it's terrible um but i think maybe and there's not a lot of control around here but um the pidgey control was you know if you miss one turn then it's basically over they get into the loop um and so normally i didn't really play any decks that countered that at the time i think so the obvious one to me is the online era of adp but i don't Mm. want to count that because A was online and B, I don't want to mention ADP again. No free publicity from us. Got to sponsor us ADP. <laughs> so I would say of the formats I played, I'd go into expanded. And I would talk about Portland 2019 into Dallas 2020. Turbo Dark 
was the you have to beat it to the point where people were like oh bro you got to play lucario it's like what does lucario beat and they're like oh body's dark what else dark and you could you could survive <laughs> just beating turbo dark and mostly nothing else with your decks there were just a lot of very mediocre decks that only countered turbo dark and really didn't beat much else and it was just this is the deck you have to beat you have to beat you have to beat it also tech for vile plume and Eggrow, but also you have to beat turbo dark because it's just the best deck in the format mm -hmm. to the point where ddg the you know biggest brain what are they going to do they break every expanded format ever played turbo dark <laughs> because they're like <laughs> nothing beats this deck i just have to play it so I think for me, that's definitely it. Zach, if the people want more of you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Senior underscore Doom. Uh, on Twitter with the same name. Uh, Instagram now with Senior, I believe still Senior underscore Doom. And now we have, I have started a YouTube where I'm talking more about art and design of the cards. Again, Senior underscore Doom for that as well. Grant, what about you? Uh, best place would be Twitter at real boo ck one word. I will be boots on the ground uh, tweeting at EUIC. If you followed me during Salt Lake, I was down there. I was polling people, finding out what the deck was going to be, what everyone was playing. You know, checking out, peeping people's lists, seeing what was going on. So I will be on the ground reporting uh, here in tomorrow, I guess. So uh, yeah, follow me on, on Twitter. And myself, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. I already gave you this spiel in the beginning, how you can support the podcast. I really appreciate everyone who does any of those things. I owe you a high five at Vancouver Regionals if you go there. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.